All right, it is now Friday, fun day, all day long. Excited to be dropping a Friday night episode for you heading into the weekend or whenever you're listening to this. I know sometimes you know you fall behind in this stuff and getting caught up and all that, or maybe you're just finding us. If you are, appreciate you tuning in and letting us come through your speakers. I'm not going to waste a lot of time talking here in the intro. Uh, really, all I want to do is just tell you that you are in for something special. If you chose to click play on this and you're still listening, the conversation that you're about to hear that I have with Will Martin is phenomenal. We talk about on this show all the time, we have we want to do one of three things, if not multiple of the three things, every episode. I want to entertain, I want to inspire, and I want to educate. And you know, some episodes do more than one of the other, or maybe just do one or do multiple or whatever. But this one does all three and it does so very powerfully. Uh, I, and I mentioned at the end of the conversation, like I'm better for just getting to have that, that chat with Will and you will be for tuning in and listening. And you're not here by accident. It's something I use all the time. Like you don't do things by accident. Um, You know, I believe that, that you wind up doing things for a reason. You you wind up places for a reason. And I think that you're hearing my voice and you're about to hear something incredible for a reason. So without further ado, I'm going to turn this thing over to the conversation I got to have with the assistant men's basketball coach at Missouri Western State University. He is Will Martin. Let's go. All right, we are here now with Will Martin, the assistant men's basketball coach at Missouri Western State University, home of the Griffins, where he is entering his second season there. And Coach Martin, how are we doing today? Doing well. How are you, Coach? I, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. And just, uh, you know, other than the fact that it's October the 4th and it's 96 degrees outside here in East Tennessee, I'm doing pretty well. Hey, so well out here in the in the Midwest, middle America, it's feeling nice. I'm looking outside right now. We got a cloudy day it's about 76 77 winds going just at the perfect pace it's one of those hoodie and shorts type days out here sign me up for all that so i mentioned there uh, that you guys are the griffins and you know you you may have to explain this a lot to people and you might not i don't know but tell us exactly what is a griffin so a griffin is the guardian of the treasure of knowledge so if you ever watch any type of mythical movie or read any mythical books um, back in the ancient days you'd often see the gargoyles sitting outside a church or a, or a palace or uh, a famous library and a griffin would be right next to the gargoyle and its duty is to protect the treasure of knowledge okay very good to know i i would have never known that i i kept up with the 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 animated series the gargoyle gargoyles excuse me as a kid so that that resonates with me uh so let's talk a little bit one thing that we always we mention here every interview we have regardless of walk of life or profession that we bring onto the show uh, i'm so fascinated by people's journey their hometown where they're from some influences in their life whether it be professionally or personally so just talk at us a little bit about who is Will Martin? You know, where have you where have you been and what are you about? Well, I'm from Nashville originally. I uh, grew up in Franklin, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, about 15 miles south. Went to Battleground Academy, uh, was coached by Gary Smith, who is a high school coaching legend. He's had a huge impact on me, not just in the game of basketball, but in life. And I was really blessed and still am to have a great family, two parents that have been extremely influential in every area of development of my life, whether it's just through childhood, adolescence, developing into uh, hopefully a mature young man, but also professionally and relationally. So I give them credit for, for, for my upbringing, for uh, my relationship with others, the way that I treat people, the way that I approach life um, has all been mapped out because I had great parents and a great extended family as well big time Nashville, Tennessee. I believe we actually have a, a, a mutual friend, or I know we do, because he's who kind of put us in touch uh, this past summer, Mr. David Peden, who uh, I guess coached you or maybe was on staff when you were at Battleground Academy. And I know he's a he's a, a listener of the show, so would be remiss if I didn't give Mr. Peden his shout out here. Co- Coach Peden is a legend in his own sense. I have to, I have to say, and I'm sure we'll jump back and forth, we talked about journey. My journey is filled with failures and um, 
I was introduced to Coach Peden right after our staff got fired at the University of San Francisco. And I was in a gap year. Uh, we just got let go. I was trying to find work. And Coach Peden was the head coach at BGA, my alma mater. And we went out to coffee one day, and he he helped convince me to kind of kind of help out with, with the high school team and help develop those players. And the relationship that we had goes way beyond basketball. And he was just so influential during that gap year after I, you know, went went through a letdown and losing a job and trying to get back on my feet. I'll, I'll never be able to repay him for that. No, he's fantastic, and I got the chance to work with him as well. So we kind of share that in common, uh, uh, being colleagues with David Peden. I just didn't get to ch- to coach with him, unfortunately. So let's let's go now. And you mentioned we'll jump back and forth a little bit and our uh, the way we kind of run this thing. And uh, you know, let's talk about you now in the present. You're there at Missouri Western State University, home of the Griffins. You're entering your second year. Talk a little bit at us about, you know, if someone doesn't know much about the school or the program, I want to talk about your boss. I want to save that for a completely different conversation. You know, your guys' basketball program, your philosophy, uh, you know, just kind of talk at us a little bit about the school and what you guys do there. Well, it's year two here. We we actually call it year one because we said year – the first year was year X. So we're, we're entering into year one here. We laid the foundation for what we're trying to build culturally, and it's – you know, I said earlier, things are so much bigger than, than basketball. It's about establishing something for the community and campus that everybody can be proud of. And we've really fought for that culture every single day since we got here. But um, working for Coach Wicks, it, if you're listening and you're not following him on Twitter, you got to go to at Coach Sundance. He's as advertised. One of the most, if not the most, energetic and authentic human beings I've ever met or been around. Um and well, and here's the thing. I, I don't want to – I hate to interrupt you here, but I want to reiterate the fact that you said at Coach Sundance. So, for the people listening, his name is Sundance Wicks. He's fantastic at Coach Sunny, Coach Sundance. And, uh, you know, it, it's as advertised when you hear the name, kind of who he is and what he's about. But sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to make sure that people uh, kind of grasp that a little bit. <laughs> well, with a name like that, you're, you're predestined to, to have some type of social media fame. So, I think that he lives up to the name for sure. Yes, he does. And, you know, so so just talk, you guys are entering now what you're calling year one, your second year, which I love that year X, um, you know, moving and going. And so talk a little bit about your guys program philosophy. I know I follow you all on social media and see, you know, stuff from his page, from the basketball page. And one thing that you guys talk a lot about and he talked about in his introductory press conference, which I've listened to numerous times because it's just makes me want to run through a brick wall. He talks about the word juice a lot. You guys talk about bring your own juice and things of that nature. But just Throw a little program philosophy at us, kind of who you guys are and what you're about. Yeah, well, first let's break down bring your own juice. Um, on a very elementary level, uh, very simple level, your juice is your energy. Uh, but if you break it down on a more complex, more spiritual level, your juice is your essence. Your juice is your spirit. Um, everyone's juice is different. Coach, your juice is different than my juice. Coach Wick's juice is different than anyone else's juice. And, and on down the line. And our requirement in our program is that whatever your juice is, whatever your spirit is, whatever your gifts are, the talents that have been given to you by a higher power in this world, you must bring that every single day. It's a non-negotiable. And your juice might be energy. Your juice might be that you connect people through your words, through talk. You might not be a very big talker. And you might connect people through empathy or support. Or you might be that ear and that shoulder that somebody can lean on. If that's your juice, if that's your spirit, you got to empty that tank every single day. And we're blessed to work for a guy who holds that standard in, in how he lives his life. And it's so authentic and it's so real that it really gives us a license to be ourselves every day and portray that in all that we do. And, and you guys definitely are that. And I know I'll do this numerous times throughout this interview to plug y'all social media and what you do. I mean, you look at videos of you guys at kit, you know, y'all are having little kids camps there on campus and coaches running around with a backwards hat on. You've got your whole look going. There's, there's kids dunking on seven foot goals, getting lifted up by y'all's players. And you guys are as advertised and you are who you are all the time. And I think that's such a unique thing in this world that, you know, everybody gets into, uh, you know, they, they're trying to be something that they're not instead of just being themselves. And something that connected us was a, a AAU organization I worked for and kind of their mantra was be different. And you guys 
kind of encapsulate that in the world of college basketball. You guys are not really a, a cookie cutter program per se. Like you guys are for people that want to be themselves. And I respect that so much. So just talk about that a little well, bit. Well, it's, it's wild. And, and what I'm about to say is true, but it's, it's the ultimate paradox. You know, you talk about being different. And in today's world, if you really want to be different, be yourself. Because there's not enough people out there being themselves that can, can really express who they are, how they feel, what they think, and, and live out a platform of purpose and passion and, and, and something that is deep within them. That is different. And it shouldn't be. That, that should be the norm. It should be normal for you to walk into a gym or walk into your profession or walk into your family and be who you are authentically and the very essence of who you are and how you think. But we don't get enough of that. And so I think that it's a nice change of pace when people see us being who we are, whether that's how we dress, the way that we act, the way that we treat people, what we do in the community, how we are in the court. What you see is who we are. And that is different. It is very much so. And it's crazy to think that, like you called it the ultimate paradox. And I'm, I'm probably going to steal that from you if that's okay. Um, that, that it is this ultimate paradox that people are not in line to be themselves. And when they are, it looks like it just looks so unique. It's crazy that it looks unique that someone's being themselves in the world today, but it is. And you guys, you guys continue to bring that as you, you bring your juice and, you know, just kind of throw a little more of y'all's program philosophy at us, what you guys look for in players and your teams, maybe in your staff and just as, as human beings, I know you guys get way more into what can you bring to us as a player, but what are you as a person and you know, what you guys look for in people that you want in your program. Once our kids get to campus and we're, we're recruiting kids, we tell them, our, our main philosophy is, is be more. And we, we tag that from, from the fact that we aren't human doings. We're human beings. And we're pressured so much in today's society and the culture and the way that it's, it's functioned now to do more, do more, do more, work hard, work hard, grind, grind, grit. But, but really, we're, we're called to be, to, to be who we are, to to be love, to be support, to, to be passion, to be purpose. So we, we tell our guys, you got to be more in this program. And we break that down into two sets of threes. You got to be patient, be kind, be courteous, and you got to give more, love more, serve more. And if you can do that while bringing your own juice with energy, effort, and enthusiasm every single day, we truly believe that everybody can reach their highest level of being. That's incredible. And, and, you know, let's talk a little bit, and this may be for, you know, a hoops fan or basketball fan or coach or for anybody listening that's like, oh, you got this college basketball coach on, and you guys are talking more about, you know, philosophy of life and, you know, spirit living and things of that nature. So just enlighten us a little bit on kind of your philosophy on just, uh, you know, being a human as a whole. Well, you know, there, there's so many – there's so many doctrines out there. There's so many, there's so many rules. There's so many standards that, that people set. And there's a time and a place for, for all of that. But, but when, you, when, you really, when you really cut it down to its, its true nature, we're all looking for possibility, significance, and impact. And we're all searching for that through a, a human connection not some type of transactional um, relationship, but a true transformational relationship. And we're so lucky in the game of basketball that through building a team, building a program, we're able to see that firsthand every single day. But even if you aren't a basketball coach or a basketball player, you're in athletics, you, you have that opportunity every single day, no matter what type of family you're in, where you work, um, who you're surrounded with. We're all given opportunities to connect with others every single day. It's just, do we take the time to do that? And do we find that important? Or are we trying to make some type of transactional deal when we're dealing with others? No, I, I love that whole philosophy of transformational versus transactional. And I've heard people speak on it and read on it. And I think you did a really, really well, great job of kind of just laying it out very plainly there. So let's go now. You know, now that we've kind of gotten to the mind, we, we didn't even scratch the surface of the mind of Will Martin, but people listening maybe feel like they have a little bit of an insight. So 
to get to where you are now, we got to talk about where you've been. And one thing that I know you love talking about is failure. And, and that kind of scares some people to go, oh, he's going to talk about when he messed up or when he was wrong. But uh, you, you had a stint, I guess, coaching on the West Coast there. And I don't know, is it true what they say that the West Coast is the best coast? I mean, hey, how, how does, is, that, is that real life? It's pretty nice. I've been all over now. And I have to say the West Coast life is pretty nice. Okay, very good. Well, I, that was a great answer by not putting anybody in a corner there. Very well done on your end. Very professional. But, uh, you know, you, you, t- you do a stint there. Uh, and just talk about kind of that, where you were. Um, you know, some po- obviously there were some positives that you experienced, but also the negative and how that kind of shaped you and, you know, where you are and who you are. Well, I'll take it even further than that. My, my first my first experience in college basketball was trying to get a job as a manager at the university of Kentucky. And the first thing you see when you walk into my office is a rejection letter from Billy Gillespie, who was the head coach telling me that um, I had been denied for a position as manager. And I I learned my first lesson of not only failure, but also perseverance and resilience. And, And I learned it from my mother at the time when I got the rejection letter and she said, Hey, let's get in the car and drive up there. And, Remember, I'm from Nashville, so I was a senior in high school and just got my first ever, like, true, like, knock into reality of, hey, you're not good enough or you're not going to have this position or this is your your first check of failure. And my mom said, let's get in the car and let's go. So we sat in the office at the University of Kentucky in the men's basketball office for three hours until someone would talk to us. And uh, it was probably a little bit of annoyance also, but I like to call it resilience and perseverance but finally we got to talk some to somebody and it opened up the door for me to work camps that summer and I ended up staying and working for free um, for a couple more months and that opened doors for me to meet coaches and administrative people and equipment staff that uh, eventually opened the door for me to get that position that I'd originally been denied so failure to me is not just essential but it's everything without failure you never grow right well well let's stay there then let's stay in lexington and so you you get on with the cats there you become a, a student manager there with those guys and kind of do and you climb you know so to say climb the ladder and the ranks there and uh wind up getting to have some some pretty great experiences you guys you were actually on the staff that went and won the national championship there at kentucky and uh you know so just talk a little bit about you know, your experience there, maybe a, a couple of stories that without getting anybody in trouble or stepping on anybody's toes, or maybe you can't name names, just some things you experienced while you were there doing that. Of, of course, I'd love to. Um, my, my favorite story uh, is of Coach Cal when he first got the job. And uh, I, I love this story so much. And I, I haven't told it to a ton of people. So anybody listening, this is, you know, a great insight to who Coach Cal is, is not just a basketball coach, but a human being. He got the job, and the first thing he did in his first two weeks is he had the managers over to his house, the, the guys that do the laundry and clean the bathrooms and all that good stuff. And, you know, obviously he was pretty busy at the time. He just got in the head coaching position at Kentucky, moved his family into a new house, and he took the time to invite us over to his house to, to have dinner, which that in and of itself is pretty amazing. But I'll never forget walking in. We sat down at his dinner table, and Coach comes out with an apron on, and he's got – a pallet of steaks and he literally served each and every single one of us. And he talks about serving leadership, but a lot of people talk about serving leadership. They preach about it. They talk about it, but here's the head coach at the university of Kentucky who just got the job and he's serving his managers. That changed my life in a way that basketball wins, losses, paychecks never could. And it, it was such an amazing experience my whole four years there because it was filled with stories like that. Yeah, we had success on the court. We went to an Elite Eight, a Final Four, and then my senior year, we won the national championship, and that was all great. But it's the stories like that that I remember, and it's the stories like that that changed me as a human being. Incredible stuff. I love that insight on Cal because just to kind of call it what it is, he gets – and I've heard – other people tell stories of just the, the type of leader he is, but you know, because of his platform and everything, sometimes he gets this negative connotation put on him. So I always love when guys are able to, you know, you kind of be, are able to hear this is really who he is and how he operates. And uh, you know, I love his press conference clips. I think he's when he jumps on the mic, I just think he's electric. So uh, fantastic. Well, let's talk 
off the court Lexington, Kentucky. And, you know, we dug into the archives a little bit and did our homework on Will Martin and uh, found that you actually were served on the ethics debate team there for UK. So this, how did now, you this want- is impressive, Coach. I, and I have a lot of people ask me questions about my time at Kentucky, but you are the first one who's asked me about the ethics debate team. So kudos to you for doing your research. Kudos <laughs> to you for asking the question. Listen, if, if we do any, we don't halfway do anything here. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And so just talk about like, because um, I'll be completely honest with me. I know ethics debate team exists. I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody that was on an ethics debate team. So just talk it like kind of how you wound up in that and uh, maybe some experiences you had uh, there on the ethics debate team at UK. Well, I'll never forget. And I, I don't, you know, there's just some moments in life that, that stick in your memory. And I remember I was in middle school seventh or eighth grade I don't remember but it was definitely middle school and my dad asked me for the first time what do you want to be when you grow up and I'll never forget I said I don't know but I think one of three things I want to be a preacher a basketball coach or a lawyer and he said a lawyer a preacher a basketball coach well I I don't know how those line up but you know we'll, we'll support you whenever you want to do so I think that my experience at Kentucky being able to Worked for the men's basketball team, obviously gave me my feel for the basketball side and helped develop me into who I am as a basketball coach today. But the debate team kind of gave me that feel of what I was looking for in terms of, you know, getting on, getting into a, a debate and having a stage and being able to, to argue and, and be on a platform that was meaningful. I think that that kind of filled that, that lawyer in me that I thought that I might want to be. And obviously, you know, I ended up not going to law school and I'm not a lawyer, but that obviously uh, filled that desire at the time. It was a great experience, Coach. I, you know, everyone remembers us beating UNC my senior year in basketball at Rupp Arena. But what they don't know is that in the first ever regional championship in the ethics debate, we beat UNC to go to nationals. And it was, it was, uh, it was a debate against four students from UNC and – Kentucky was the first time that we advanced into the regional championship for an opportunity to go to a national tournament. And the debate, I'll never forget, and I won't mention the company's name, but there was a company that was drilling on an indigenous island, and they were displacing families. And UNC held the notion, the premise, that the economic value that came from the drilling outweighed the fact that a very small group of indigenous people were being displaced, and I held the premise that there is no economic value that can outweigh the the moral and ethical code of humans deserving a right to live at their home. So, anyways, we ended up winning that debate, and we went on to nationals, and we got smoked by Duke in the nationals. But we did we did advance, and it was it's something, coach, that that really shaped me because during that time I was able to dive deep down philosophy, ethics, my moral code, what I truly believe in from a social standpoint, cultural standpoint, religious, spiritual standpoint. And I think that all that stuff plays into who you are, not only as a human being, but who you are professionally in your vocation. Incredible. So you, Will Martin pretty much owns North Carolina. That's what I'm hearing. Hey, um, if you said yeah. it, coach. <laughs> on the court, on the mic, it doesn't on the stage, whatever. You put Will Martin versus UNC. I'm putting my money on Coach Martin every day of the week. So maybe you guys, maybe you know, you, maybe you guys should schedule the Tar Heels uh, in the upcoming years or so, and, and and take the Griffs over to to Chapel Hill and see what happens. Well, I'm sure that the the four the four teammates that were on the opposing team at UNC, they're they're probably somewhere doing some pretty big things right now. So I'm sure they're doing all right. Well, you are too. So that's, that's the whole deal. So, um, all right, well, let's go. That's fantastic. That's such a unique uh, perspective and a unique background. And so let's go now, let's transition. So you leave, you leave Lexington, Kentucky and what happens next? So I worked for a year for my best friend, uh, Anthony Davis. We, we created a great relationship his, his freshman year at Kentucky. And I wanted to get into the business of skill development. I, I knew that I wanted to coach, but as a, as a student manager and someone who didn't play in college, I, I wanted to really gain respect of my, my colleagues and former recruits and my ability to develop players. And that was something that was really important to me. And it was a piece that I thought that I was missing as I, I grew as a coach at Kentucky. So he gave me the opportunity 
uh, one that was out of this world to go work for him in New Orleans and did that for a year and, and really learned a lot, not just from him and training him on the court, but being able to be around the, the, they, they're the, they were the Hornets. Uh, now they're the Pelicans and, and their staff and Monty Williams and all those guys down there. Um, an experience that I could never duplicate. Um, then I went to Tulsa, uh, wanted to get my master's. So Danny Manning what was able to give me a job. It, you know, it's interesting. And you know, as, as well as anyone, how interconnected the college fraternity is. Coach Cal actually was on the, the same team. He was a, he was a GA or a student manager on the Kansas team that Danny Manning was on uh, with the Miracles. So he had a connection there and I was to Tulsa and be a GA and a video coordinator and worked for both Danny Manning and Frank Hayes. So that really helped me become a professional at, you know, at, at the young point in my life, being at Kentucky and going to a national championship and then training Anthony Davis down in New Orleans, though, those really helped me become a, a better coach in terms of skill development and how to interact with players at a high level, but I didn't know how to be a professional. And, and you know, as well as anybody that so much of this, this work that we do is administrative and being able to hold yourself in a certain way in the office and on the road and dealing with other people. So having that opportunity to get my master's, um, expand my education, but also get the experience of being a graduate assistant for, Danny Manning and Frank Hayes really, really excelled the process and, and, and helped kind of expedite um, my journey towards being a true professional. Interesting. So, all right. So, so you're in Tulsa, you're in Oklahoma, uh, you're a GA there. And I love kind of just, just skipping along. I feel like I'm, I'm hopping along rocks here and, you know, following you as you go. And at what point, let me sidebar conversation. At what point did you, you know, really start? And I, I realize it's a, it's a culmination of life and the way we learn and things we learn, but really start to dive into, you know, the, the philosophy that you have behind the spirit of life and, you yeah. know, your, your entire outlook. Well, I think that honestly, we, I go back to my failures. I think that it, it's in the dark moments where you find true light, uh, where you find out that you really know nothing, that you have to remove the ego. You have to remove the thinking mind in order to really find something that's deeper and more meaningful and more transformational than just trying to climb a ladder. So for me, it was always in the moments of failure that I leaned deeper into the spirit and that essence that we talked about earlier of being still and knowing something within yourself that you can't gain from any other type of outside knowledge that really transformed the way that I think about who I am and how it relates to spirit, body, mind, heart. How crazy is that? I mean, the, like, like the philosophy of you're having to remove this ego when everything as we exist here in 2019 is me, right? It's, it's Facebook where it's what can I post, what I've done, Twitter where I can promote myself, Instagram where I can show pictures of look how awesome my life is. And, and I'm guilty of doing all these things. But like how hard is that for someone to grasp like you have to remove that aspect to get to this point to where you can kind of, uh, you know, start seeing that light. And, you know, I think we all battle with it. It's, it's interesting because people think when they hear the word ego, they think of somebody who has a big head or thinks a lot of themselves, but really in, in its, in its very definition, uh, ego is when you identify with anything other than who you really are, your, your heart, your soul. Um, I know I've been using overusing the word essence, but the essence of, your spirit and who you are. So it's so easy to identify with other things, even in our workplace, even when you're trying to do the right things, when you're working for other people, when you're trying to serve others, if you identify with that at some level, that's deeper than who you really are and taking care of yourself and trying to serve out of pure love and pure nature, you can easily go down a rabbit hole that takes you away from the purpose and the passion that, that you started in the first place. Yeah, no, I mean, it could be anything. It could be it could be working out something that seemingly, you know, is is good for you. That can turn into something that um, 
you turn too deep into the ego. It could be your job. It could be some type of relationship. It could be uh, earning a paycheck. I mean, it could be social media like you like you spoke of. It could be it could be anything. We're, we're tempted by it every single day and it, it draws you away from who you really are. Yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, we all struggle with that. And there's so many things that, and, and I'll admit kind of my first guilt is like, I get caught in this whole, you know, kind of, I guess the, the phrase would be climb the ladder and, oh, I'm going to work and I'm, I'm grinding. Right. Like, as the kids say, I'm out, I'm out here grinding. And like, there's days I get home and I'm like, holy smokes, I missed out on so much of today because I thought that what I was doing was really important when in turn, maybe I missed a phone call from a family member or could have took time to do something or, you know, an interaction that I could have had with someone here on campus like how just it's it's bizarre the way it works man and and I think that you have such a good grip on it and so talk at us a little bit maybe a couple of uh books that you you know are reading have read that kind of have really helped shape you in this entire thought process well in line of what we're talking about the first two that come to my mind are by Eckhart Tolle uh, I'm a huge fan of his and two books of his that I've just recently read were uh, The Power of Now in a new earth. And it it talks a lot about dispelling that ego and talks about being present in the now being aware and seeing the importance, not just the importance, but the necessity of being still and being aware in every single moment so that you can be present. Um, He's phenomenal. Joseph Murphy's another one that I love uh, power of the subconscious mind, Michael Singer, untethered soul. There's so many and and they align with everything that we're talking about. You know, even if you're not a religious or spiritual person, um, metaphysics and, and science are now backing up the, the power of your mind and your thoughts and the ability to, uh, through frequencies and vibrations of, of your brain waves, how you can affect not only your inner life, but the life of others around you. And science is starting to, to coincide with, with, with spirit and religion and history, and it's all just commingled. And if we can be open enough to see that and, and not only see it with our eyes, but hear it with our ears and feel it in our heart, it opens us to a world that before we were closed off to. Yeah, that's such powerful stuff there, man. And I, I, I urge and just from getting to know you has has kind of. Uh, you know, created this curiosity in me where I've searched more and have had some influences in my life that have kind of helped me guide me along that thought process. And so let's go as we, you know, and and usually we jump back and forth in timeline right now, we're jumping back and forth from kind of essence spirit to surface level. So just so people can kind of get the whole picture. So uh, when you leave Tulsa, you, is that, that's when, what happens when you leave Tulsa? So I went from Tulsa to University of San Francisco, uh, another, another connection there. Uh, Rex Walters was the head coach at San Francisco, and he had the Kansas connection with, with Danny Manning. So, it, you know, it's, it's funny because people see me as a Kentucky alum who loves Kentucky. But honestly, Kansas, even though I didn't go to school there, I've never worked for their program, they've done just as much for me, if not more, than, than Kentucky just because of the connections of – Danny Manning, a, a guy named Justin Bauman, who's now the director of ops at Wake Forest, who used to be a manager at Kansas. Um, Steve Woodbury, who's an assistant at Wake Forest for Danny Manning, who played at Kansas. All, all those people and mentors in my life were not just influential, but they were the people who got me my next job. My first real job at San Francisco as director of ops for Rex Walters, who played for Roy Williams at, at Kansas. Okay, so and this is the point I wanted to get to, because if you're if you're just listening along right now and don't know you, you know, everything prior kind of sounds like, you know, man, you've got this thing figured out and you're rolling. I mean, you go Kentucky, you go Anthony Davis, you go, you know. Uh, Tulsa, you go Tulsa, then, you know, you keep moving on. And this is the point I wanted to get to, because I know you love talking about this, where at this point is where kind of failure starts to set in and starts to shape you a little bit. So just talk at us a little bit about your experience there uh, and how you embrace the negativity or the, the negative things that happened or negative is a bad word for it, but the, the, the lack of success maybe. Yeah, true. And that's, that's what I was doing. You know, we, we talked about ego earlier, Early in my career, all I wanted to do was climb the ladder. And I thought that I had good motives and I thought that I had good intentions. But really, it was me trying to bolster myself so that I could get to the next peg of my career. And getting fired in San Francisco 
really opened my eyes to the fact that I, I didn't know anything and that I was going about it then entirely the wrong way. You know, we talked about when I was a senior in high school, just trying to get on as a manager at, at Kentucky, my motives and intentions were pure. It was the love of the game. I was willing to do laundry and scrub the bathrooms. And now all of a sudden I'm 23 years old and I've worked for somebody playing in the NBA and I've had a little bit of success and I'm into my ego. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about climbing the ladder. I'm not thinking about serving the kids or the purpose and the passion that they got me started. And I would like to say that it, it wasn't all conscious. It was, you know, part of it was subconscious. You, you get caught in the, what you said, the grind and the grid of the profession, but really if you get down to the nuts and bolts, I was, I was caught in my ego and we get fired and I'll never forget driving through the desert of New Mexico and Arizona. And you talk about the pit of despair or the abyss and I'm calling people not getting calls back. I don't know what my next job's going to be. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to get back in. And I just remember crying tears coming down my eyes and just looking up and saying, God, whatever your, your will is for me, let it be because I've been trying to control this thing for the last 10 years. And now I don't know what to do. And I, I don't even remember why I started. And I'll never forget that moment because it opened up so much more in my life that wasn't about me, that wasn't about climbing a ladder, that wasn't about the next job, that wasn't about a title, but it was about getting back to what you were saying, the spirit, the nature, the, if you will, the juice of who I was and what my true purpose in life was. Man, it, isn't it funny how like, uh, you know, I, I've always joked and, and without making it a religious thing, because like you said, there's like doctrines like I think God, I think the divine has an incredible sense of humor. And I think to the point to where, um, you know, it's almost like, hey, you, you think you know what you're doing, but check this out. Uh, and it, it's that it's at that point where I think people have to make the decision whether like, all right, you know, this is where you either figure it out or you don't kind of the jumping on or the jumping off point. And it's it's amazing to look back at those times and go, oh, yeah, that's where I was. And and I think it happens multiple times throughout. I mean, wouldn't you say that that's something that that's probably not the last time that you've experienced that you will experience a moment like that? No question. And I'm glad that you said that because there's you know, there might be people listening who who aren't religious and that's that's totally fine. You know, there's, there's so many people and I, and I'll have to say that in my own life, I've experienced so many seasons of, of doubt where I didn't know what I truly believed in. And you don't have to be religious to have those feelings in that moments of really searching yourself to a more deeper inner part of how you truly feel and who you are and what your purpose and your meaning is. It's not even a, you talk about the doctrine or the text or the rules, the regulations of religion. It's something that's deeper. It's something that is truly spiritual, regardless of what you believe in. You know, the, the, the Buddha in Zen teaches a, a word called Satori, which is true presence, true awareness. And any human being, regardless of what they believe in or how they grew up, we're all able to touch that inner awareness, that inner presence, that inner peace. And me driving through the desert of Arizona or New Mexico, somewhere in between, and having that moment where I broke down and I cried, that's the Satori, that's the presence, that's the awareness, that's something that you can't touch physically in the material world. It's something that's outside of this realm. And regardless of what you believe in, it's something that we, we all are able to tap into and experience. And we're, we experience it in the dark times, too. No, for sure. And that, that's the thing is like, it's available kind of right there for all. It's just a matter of who, who uses their resources or their experiences or opens their mind enough to go, okay, like, and, and, and kind of tap into it. And then it just becomes like anybody who I guess tap into, it comes from the drilling and the things who's willing to, to dive deeper and drill a little deeper and, uh, and those type things. And you've obviously done that. And so, and, and I think the next thing we're going to talk about help continue you in that pursuit of the, of this knowledge. And so you leave there and you, you come back and at that point, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you become involved with uh, an organization, the 180 project, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be using the wrong name for that, but, you know, talk at us a little bit about what you did there and uh, what that is and their mission and, and what you, what you did after leaving San Francisco. Yeah. Against the grain 180 project, you know, I, I tell, 
young and, and I'm relatively young too. And I realized that at, at 30, but young people going through the profession managers, GAs, um, and, and people that aren't even in the coaching profession, there's going to be a day where you go through a transition, whether that's getting fired or let go or being replaced, or it might be where you go from one job to another. It might not have to be a bad thing. It could be a positive thing, but there's going to be transitions in your life. And for me, getting fired in San Francisco opened me up to a whole new world of perspective and outlook because I didn't have many options. And so I had to be open. I had to say yes to opportunities. And um, it, it was some of those opportunities that didn't even have to do with the profession of basketball that, that really helped hone in my abilities to coach now because it would, they were things that I would have been closed off to before. And one of those things is what you alluded to, the 180 project. And I was approached in Nashville during that gap year when I was helping Coach Peden over at, at BGA to go into the prisons in Nashville and, and help lead this program that helped men in these jails prepare for life outside of jail. And so we did life skills. We did uh, practical lessons on building a resume. What do you wear to a job interview? How do you lay out a five-year goal? What does that look like? What are your goals? And so we were able to go in and, you know, people always say, you got to take a 360, take a 360. Well, if you do a 360, that just puts you exactly where you started. And if you look at the jail system all across America, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who get out and they end up back in. They take a 360 and they start, they end up where they started. So we talked about taking a 180 so you could do that turn, get on the right path, and then be a successful citizen once you get out. So that was something that Coach had nothing to do with basketball, and I can tell you now has made me a much better coach. And, and I, I only was given that opportunity because I was willing to say yes in a time of despair when I didn't have any other options. So I was just looking to serve other people. How crazy is that to think like, I mean, you're this guy and kind of in your, and I'll use the words and not that you ever thought this, but this up and coming. And, you know, you go from this, this being involved at a really young age at a level that, you know, people your age sometimes don't get the chance to do myself included. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you go from that division one basketball kind of, you know, chasing the dream, what have you to, you know, working with, with men, you know, whatever that have committed terrible acts that are serving a sentence and like how, what a, you almost did a 180 yourself in terms of where you were to what you were doing and you know but how connected those things are all at the same time no question and and like I said earlier I, I really encourage people to to be open and step out of their comfort zone when it comes to opportunities that are out there to serve in ways that you never thought one possible but two that you'd ever jump into because I can tell you this too coach the men in the prison they changed me more than I could have ever changed them and it gives me chills saying that, but it, it's so true. It was a time in my life where, again, I just got fired. I had my moment in the desert. I was in the the um, the abyss, if you will. And, man, being able to go in there every single day and, and, and help serve them and give them any type of help once they got out, out that, that really gave me perspective, and it changed me in a way that I could never give back. Big time. And then so we, we went, you know, that kind of – scratch both surfaces and so let's jump back and more of the the spirit side and the thought the the, the philosophy there one thing uh, and I want to make sure to plug your social media and the griffs and, and coach Sonny I know we alluded to and I want to talk more about him later but one thing that you use on social media and I love we're in the everybody's a sloganarian now everybody's got a hashtag or whatever but uh, I love it and I think there's one that you use hashtag pray harder than you work and you know just talk at us a little bit about you know your, the thought behind that and how you know people might think that oh I got to work harder to get this and how you know whether it's prayer or whatever can help you just as much as maybe putting in that extra time in the office or what have you well you know it's the it's the one piece of advice that I tell our guys if you don't if you don't remember anything else that I told you please remember this pray harder than you work and it's like you said it's we live in a society and a culture and a world that tells us we got to do more do more and we, we talked about earlier we're human beings we're not human doers um but we're told that if we do more we'll have more success 
if we do more, we'll achieve more happiness. We'll, we'll experience more joy, more peace, more financial prosperity. And, you know, unfortunately people aren't told the other side, which is this, the spiritual side of taking care of yourself. And, you know, I, I allude to both old Testament and new Testament sayings like dwell in the secret place in the quiet place, be still and know that I am God, the new Testament, as you believe in your heart, so be you. Um, the kingdom of heaven is within. I truly believe that there's this ancient wisdom, whether you look at any type of religious text, there is a inner peace. There is an inner knowledge. There's an inner key, if you will, that we can all tap into. And, you know, especially in today's age where so many kids and adults also, but just thinking of, of, of players in college and high school and, in the, and professionally who deal with anxiety and depression. And so much of that could be remedied by taking time to be still, to pray, to meditate, um, to be in a, a stage of awareness and stillness and, and presence within. It's, it's so important. And it, it's not just a spiritual or religious thing. It's, it's mental health. It's physical health. You know, we like to think of matter, things that we can touch, the material world, but spirit and matter are one, but we try to separate the two. And the brain and the heart have to unite. There's a, there's a law of correspondence. Joseph Mur Murphy talks about it. There's a law of correspondence when it comes to our mind, our body, and our spirit. And for us to be who we were meant to be in this world, they have to correspond. And if we don't take time to pray, if we don't take time to meditate, if we don't take time to be still, we miss out on that because life out there is so chaotic. You know that. Very much so, yes. I witness it every day. And, you know, the, the other side of that is I've just found in my own life that not only for my inner peace and, and my inner happiness and my inner joy, I found that I can do a lot more for people sometimes praying than me trying to go out and do something. There's been so many instances where you try to do the right thing for people to help them be successful or get out of a bad spot and you do your best and your efforts are, are nil there. There's not much that we can do sometimes, but we can pray and th there's a power in that. And from a collective standpoint, a collective consciousness standpoint, if all of us, could do a better job of taking the time to think about others. And again, it doesn't have to be religious or spiritual, just taking the time to think about somebody else or, you know, people talk about good vibes. Hey, I'm, I'm sending you good vibes. Like there's a metaphysical truth to that. Me thinking something positive for you about you. Um, there is frequencies and vibrations that now science is backing up that have an impact, not just on human beings, but the entire world. How crazy is that to process? I mean, you know, and, and there's people that have always I, I believed I, that. I didn't mean know. to throw too much out there. I, I, some, some people start thinking that's a little goofy, but, you know, it's, it's just so true. It's so real, Coach. It's, you know, sometimes I can go deep down the rabbit hole when it comes to that, and I appreciate you asking me about it, but it's something that just means so much to me because I've seen the impact that it has. Right. And I think that's the whole thing. And it's like that with anything, like once you witness it or feel it or are impacted by it, it makes it that much easier. You know, if somebody's listening right now and, you know, I think that's the one thing I heard somebody talk about one time, how, you know, uh, in, in churches specifically and not to make it religious, but like, you know, the, the power of testimony and guys talking about their story and where we've been and like testimonies fantastic and and i've shared mine at places and i'm sure you have and you've kind of done that here but like testimony also is, is tough sometimes because people can't relate like i've not had the experiences you've had so therefore it's hard for me to to grasp like oh yeah that's where he was literally and fig figuratively in that desert because i haven't been in that exact moment and i think that's something that sometimes we miss out on is like you know how hard it is to witness until you know how hard it is to have it until you witness it and but at the same time like something like this like you're talking about is around you like every day all the time and, and it happens as much negatively as it does positively amen 
Yeah, that stuff. So just you, you have such a great insight on that. I love that you've been able to share that. And I hope that others are taking the time to, you know, maybe just process it mentally or research or look more into and, uh, you know, the things we talked about, because if anything, it's just a healthy exercise. You know, I think that's the, the beauty of humanity is we don't all have to agree on or, you know, all be on the same page, but we all have the ability to decide whether we are or not. And so, you know, I, I hope and I imagine you and the same would be, you know, the same of like, hey, you're not telling people to agree with you, but at least, you know, kind of do your research, I, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. No question. I am I am in my true nature. I am like doubting Thomas. I'm I'm unfortunately in nature a, a huge skeptic. So anything I ever talk about, I, I encourage everyone to fact check, um, do their own research search within themselves. Like I said, I believe that the power is within. We have a, we have this ancient wisdom within all of us. The, the key to whatever you seek is already within you. So search yourself internally and find those answers. Incredible. And I, I almost hate to leave what we've been on now, but we've, we've kind of done this full circle um, of. You want to, you want to bring it back to just, the surface, don't you coach? You want to, I do. I do. I'm sorry. This realm, this dimension. (laughs) I do. And well, okay, I'll say this. I don't want to, but I feel (laughs) like we need to uh, for for time management and for, uh, you know, getting across what I want you to be able to get across other than what you have, which is talk about where you are now at Missouri Western State University there with the Griffs year two. We've talked about all that with Coach Sundance and, you know, just kind of what you guys are looking to do and, you know, talk about Coach a little bit because I know he is such a, a, a huge character and just somebody that uh, is worth looking up in, on YouTube, on Twitter, on whatever and finding and, uh, you know, just what you guys are trying to accomplish. Are you sure, Coach? Because I had all this research on frequency, brain waves, neurons, plasticity, <laughs> We can, we can die well, deeper. I mean, here's here's the deal. We we can check this off, and then maybe we jump back into it. You know, that's the that's the beauty. That's why these things go unscripted. You never you know might what's turn coming. into the anchor of a metaphysical podcast after this. And 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 I will be offering. I'll be sending you a contract <laughs> over as a co-host to see if you can make it work with your time and. Uh, and well, your let, let me say this: honing back in, I'll I'll circle back around to the surface. Uh, in my experience, and I've been blessed, we've talked a little bit about my journey, the, the coaches that I've worked for. Um, there, there is none, and I don't want to use the word better. I'm not trying to compare things from a qualitative standpoint or a quantitative standpoint, but there are none with the potential impact that Coach Wicks has. He, he is on another level, in my experience, when it comes to interrelations, his knowledge for the game, his ability to teach the game, his ability to touch others, his his impact that he has in the community, uh, in the classroom even. He teaches class here on campus, and he's really involved with other professors. I mean, he's on another level when it comes to his ability to impact change. And it's it's so great for me to be able to walk into that every day because we, we talk about bringing your own juice and energy, effort, and enthusiasm. He holds the bar. He holds the standard, and it's there every single day, and it's contagious. Um, you know, I, I talked about the first time I met you down in Kansas City. If you remember, it wasn't too long ago, and I, I sent you a text. I didn't really even know who you were, and I said, man, your, your energy is contagious because there's something about that when you, when you bring that every single day. And Coach Wicks brings it to a level that I've never seen anybody bring it. Well, just being mentioned in the same conversation as him, albeit not comparative, is is uh, a huge compliment to me. Just you know, talking about because uh, I do believe, and, and you know, here you go. We'll, we'll circle back your deal, like the the contagious energy and the vibes and the things. Like uh, you know, I think I believe that even before I believed in that. Uh, you know, the energy, effort, enthusiasm, and all those type things, and how important they are. And and you guys do that, and you live it there. Uh, with the Griffs, I believe uh, is it is it Griff up is the Griff, is the new thing that you guys Griff up and Mo West blessed. That's that's our hashtag. Mo West blessed. I kind of love all of that, and uh, you know. So here's we're the never deal short on hashtags. I so you have to check back in with me in no. like an hour to, to see what our new ones are. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, and here's the deal: as much as I would love to uh, to talk more about everything, I can't let you fire all your bullets because I need a reason to bring <laughs> you back on. You know, this has been such a an incredible experience for me. I don't, you know, and I'm sure at least one person's going to get something out of it. We appreciate your time, but at the end of the day, like. 
uh, I've, I'm better for this conversation and I got to have a, like I said, I got to have an excuse to bring you back and we may just spend a whole show on metaphysics and things of that one day. If it, if it really uh, cranks your tracker for you. I, I love it, man. Well, uh, well, any, any other just kind of nuggets of wisdom you want to drop on us before I unfortunately uh, let you go here, let you go live. You actually have a life. It's Friday. It's a Friday evening and you know, you're taking the time to do this, but you know, one last kind of closing, anything you want to roll with, this is uh, I'll leave it no, up to honestly, you. Just focusing on you, man. I, you know, I appreciate your time. Like I said, I, I'll never forget watching you coach uh, down in Kansas city and the, the impact that you have in those kids' lives and, now you have this new opportunity and you're still taking time to to lead a podcast I mean it's it's unbelievable when you see people not just in our coaching fraternity but just as as human beings in life uh, making the decision to give more instead of take more and you know we, we talk a lot about giving more than you take and and having faith that's greater than fear and it takes a, a lot of faith to, to, to go out and and serve other people the way that you have and to give, give of your time and give of your resources. And I just appreciate you taking the time to, to have me on, man. And I can't wait to, to follow your success and all that you're doing on all levels of life. Well, I, I do appreciate that. And there's a, uh, there's good vibes heading toward you and the Griffs talk. Give us a little rundown. If, if somebody's listening and they want to go find, and I'll, I'll be sure to reiterate this. They want to find you guys on social media. They want to find, you know, you coach Sundance, you know, the Griffs themselves, you know, a couple of places they can yeah, go so to find that. Go Griffins is, is the main, the site. Also you can find uh, on Instagram and Twitter, go Griffins uh, at coach Sundance, just for your own, personal pleasure you got to follow coach sundance um at coach sundance i promise you you won't be disappointed my twitter's at coach w martin um we have great gas i know i don't have a ton of time left but ty danielson he scored 1400 points in the league here the miaa which is in my opinion the toughest league in in division two basketball and then nate moran who who played at lipscomb for casey alexander uh went to a nit finals game and NCAA uh, appearance when he was a junior, uh, really, really high level graduate assistants here. Go follow them on their Twitter because they're doing really big things and they're helping our program from a skill development standpoint and, and, and really helping us try to um, race to maturity with the current players that we have. We couldn't do it without those GA. So definitely follow them and, and their path because they're doing big things. I love it. Well, and as are you, and I'm sure people will follow as well. I actually got the chance to watch Nate play last year a couple of times in person without knowing him. I got to watch Check Liberty out and uh, was following those guys. So watched him, was a huge fan of his game and the way he did it. And I'm sure he's he's killing it with you guys there as well. So, uh, well, well, man, well, I appreciate the time and the knowledge and everything. And I appreciate you. Uh, you're conditionally committing right now to come on another episode is all I'm hearing. You know, I'm, I'm not going to let you deny that, right? I'm just telling you that's hey, what I'm I heard. In. If you want to talk – more hoops or if you want to talk more spirit or more metaphysics we can break down the science of it all and talk about brain waves and whatever you want to do man I, I i'm all in that's coming well that's coming very soon well i appreciate the time and, and good luck to you guys as you're rolling and uh you know appreciate the friendship and everything and we'll look forward to the next time we get the chance Namaste, to talk brother all right you just heard will martin and Obviously, you just heard it, so I don't have to tell you, but I'll reiterate how incredible that is. Can't wait to have him on again. Glad that I've kind of conned him into coming and doing another episode. We'll all be better for that. So just a couple things. One, reminder, you can find him on Twitter at Coach W. Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. Uh, you can find Coach Sundance Wicks on Twitter at Coach Sundance, S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E. Uh, and you can find the Missouri Western, the entire athletics website, gogriffins.com. Go check those guys out, what they're doing. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive stuff. It's, it's very enlightening to see people being who they are, being different, being unique, being all these things that we talked about uh, in our conversation. And just going to leave you with a few thoughts. One, uh, go check in. You know, if you hadn't caught up yet with the press conference with 288 feet, we've had some great content come out lately, some great conversations, arguments, some fun, 
Uh, some Twitter polls are out, I think, right now from the press conference number 10, where we debated the best number 10 of all time. Uh, I believe Kip is in the lead right now. Last I checked, he had close to 50% of the votes. So go find us at 94x50pod on Twitter. Let your voice be heard. Support what we're doing uh, or support those people. Not even, you don't have to support what we're doing. Uh, we're going to keep doing it regardless. But, uh, you know, go support these guys. They kind of take a stance, take a stand. Kip had a very interesting one. So you should go tune into that. But go find, vote, like, subscribe, retweet, favorite. Go join our Facebook community now. It's well over a thousand uh, likes and subscribers and followers. So, you know, go be a part of that. We promise to give you guys some good stuff. And uh, with that being said, I'm just going to kind of wrap this thing up. But I would be remiss to mention to you that our interview with Will Martin was brought to you by Doublehead Realty. Doublehead is the place for vacationing in North Alabama, and it is the place to take care of all of your residential and commercial real estate needs. Uh, they kind of do both operating out of the office. They have cabins on the waterfront that uh, they are three-bedroom cabins and you, know, you can go family reunions, vacations, what have you. They have conference centers. They have all kind of fun stuff. And then on the flip side, if you're looking to buy and sell a home, buy or sell a home, or to buy or sell some commercial real estate, Melissa and her team will take care of you. You can find them online at www.doublehead.com. They are our official sponsor for all interviews, and we are thankful for them. So go look them up. Go visit beautiful North Alabama right there on the river. You can look up pictures on their website. It is a incredible place. So thanks to those guys for making this possible. And as always, hashtag stay tuned and always remember that today doesn't suck.